The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I'm Greg Smith, your It's That Weird, Goofy Week Between Christmas and New Year's. Um, so we got something a little different coming for you today. Um, things get a little screwy at this time of year, kind of catching up with people and seeing who's working. So we've got a very fun that was put together. Shout outs to Cam. Um, best of podcast here where we're going to run through some of my favorite and funniest, um, put them on blast throughout the year. We had a lot of great contenders for this one um, and a lot of ones that you guys listening at home, thank you very much for listening each week. Um, Made sure to mention on social media. Um, so without further ado, we're going to get into that. The first one is from back in September from the episode titled Runner's High, uh, where me and Derek Peterson of Hale Varsity uh, kind of chopped it up about various topics. And he had a very unique put them on blast. Put them on blast. Today, I'm going with a repeat because I saw this thing coming. I saw it coming a mile away when the NFL put in that stupid taunting penalty enforcement thing that they wanted to do, that this was going to get out of hand and we were going to have all these silly plays. Now, I, I turn on I barely turned it on. I saw some NFL yesterday. Um, we recorded this on a Monday. Saw some NFL on Sunday. And guys are getting flagged for doing the no-fly zone. Um, we're seeing just flags on flags on flags for celebrations. And I, I want to know, like, and I don't know, and maybe I, I missed it. And usually at some point after the fact, like the behind-the-scenes details comes out on who exactly wanted this and why exactly this has to be a thing. Because I need to know, like, why does this need to be a thing? Because I, I couldn't, I could, no one on my timeline yesterday was saying, oh, yeah, they got them. Like, get the, get those no-fly zone penalties uh, rolling. Like, we don't want to see that garbage. Like, no one's saying that. Like, I just don't understand why this has to be something that the NFL is doing. It brings back the old no fun league thing that they had in full force before they kind of laxed the, cel- the touchdown celebration stuff. Thought they were going in the right direction on that. They are not. These uh, celebration penalties are the absolute worst. The NFL, the refs, everybody involved in this has to go on blast. You have joined my side. I think taunting penalties in sports are stupid. Oh, they're dumb. We should not have them. Especially at the professional level. At at any level, we should not have them. Taunt. (laughs) Talk your smack. we, We have the greatest athletes in the world, and we are like pounding into their brains that they have to be the most competitive person on the field or on the court or whatever. On the pitch. Don't flag them for taunting. (laughs) Right. Come on. It's dumb. Um, Can I put a thing on blast? Not necessarily a person. Can I put a thing on blast? You can put whatever you want on blast, my friend. I would like to put old age on blast because (laughs) I should not be old. But I have become my father in one very disappointing aspect. (laughs) So like Thanksgiving, Christmas trips, my dad and his dad after lunch would just be passed out in the recliners. They take a a midday nap. 
if I have a big lunch, I have to nap afterwards. It's dumb. So Saturday I had a big lunch and then I napped after Alabama went up 21 to three on Florida. And then I wake up and it's 31 to 23. I'm like, I missed the best part of the game. What happened here? So I need to put old age on blast because I am too young to have to take midday naps on a Saturday. And I am not okay with missing key parts of big football games. The number one team in the country almost lost. And I missed half of the drama surrounding that. And for that, I need to put old age on blast. I feel like that has to be in the hall of fame of blast on this show. Um, uh, Sasha is so graciously producing this. Save that, please. Um, rack him. Uh, because old age going on blast is a plot twist. I did not see coming today. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there that can emphasize with that. Cause I'm with you. Um, the naps after big meals happen a lot more frequently than they should. Uh, at this point, it's funny. You used to make fun of those guys for having to do that. Um, like what was wrong with you? And now, it's definitely it, it catches up to you it definitely does That's and i'm still a child if dustin listens to this he's going to text me and tell me that i'm still a child and so i shouldn't be complaining about old age i'm too um, young your back too young, hurt too? your back hurt my back does hurt actually okay. and my For hips no hurt reason. You and my knees hurt yeah no i went to the gym before this podcast i'll look so at you it's probably poor form to to bring it all the way back around to the way we open this podcast poor form that, that's fine. And now I have to make a decision if poor form or runner's high is going to be the title of this podcast. So I'm leaning towards runner's high. The second one comes courtesy of the May 25th episode entitled Pressure Burst Pipes with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer from up on the radio in Milwaukee. He went in on baseball. I, I'm going to throw you guys a curveball because you guys know big Lakers fan here so LeBron James fan around here but today we're gonna go with LeBron James for me I gotta put him on blast not because of how he played last night but because he violated the safety protocols in the NBA and I'm I'm not surprised that the league did not come down harder on him gave him a slap on the wrist Uh, I had never actually seen in any of these cases that they that the NBA said that hey you could get a fine or a warning or just really nothing it's not an automatic suspension I didn't even know that after going through an entire yeah. season of this um, I'm not going to be mad at it in this case but at the same time I understand why people are a little upset as you shake your head at it but we're throwing it putting them on blast for him being at the tequila party uh, with the lodge for with Drake and friends because to me that was honestly just a symbol of how unprepared this team has been to enter the playoffs like we went from LeBron remember um even back to the Miami days and definitely in that second Cleveland run the playoffs will come LeBron tweets out or puts on Instagram hey it's zero dark 30 I'm not posting another thing I'm not doing anything else I was a fan of that I like that I think that it sets the tone for what the team needs to do and the mindset that those guys need to be in and I think this year it's more important than ever for him and his team to get locked in because what did we hear all week leading up to that Suns game, right? As, as soon as the Warriors game, really even before that, because that's when the party also happened was before the Warriors game. It was, oh, the Lakers might get the seven or eight seed, but it doesn't matter who they play. They're just going to walk through them. And I think at a certain point, these guys that are on the team that haven't been through a championship run, your Dennis Schroeders, your Montrez Harrells, Andre Drummond, who's been wasting away in Detroit, like that, that seeps into your mind, right? And you think you're just going to show up. 
AD looked like that in last night's game. LeBron sets the tone. He needs to set the tone with that and lock out all the rest of this stuff. No more tequila parties. Zero dark 30. Let's go get ring number 18. So I got to put him on blast for that. Sparky, who are you putting on blast? Well, I'm sure you guys probably already put this dude on blast already, but I've been on this show. So Tony LaBruce is a moron. I mean, I, I, I don't even know where else you could even possibly <laughs> think of like other than Tony LaRusse at this point for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, look, I, I, I get old school rules. I get throwing at guys and retaliating, protecting your players. He protected Albert Pujols uh, as much as any manager's ever protected a player. Pujols got nicked regardless of if it was on purpose or not. Somebody else was getting hit the next time up. Right. Uh, I, I get that. But if you put a position player in to hit or to pitch, you give up. And if you give up, I don't really care what happens after that. So you hit a grand slam off of them or you hit a home run off of them. That's on you. That's not on us. You're the one that gave up and didn't want to use any more bullpen pitchers. So I had no issue with that whatsoever. And then him not wanting to defend his players when they throw behind his player, that really just pushed it over the top more. And I heard somebody bring up an interesting point of maybe, you know, you get a devil's advocate. Maybe LaRusa is just trying to get this team to bond even more. Maybe it's them against LaRusa. And so be it. If that's what it takes to rally around, you know, us versus the manager, so be it. Maybe that's LaRusa's master plan at the end of the day, or he's just a crazy old guy. I tend to, uh, to assume he's a crazy old guy. That's kind of where I'm at. But like my, my co host from, uh, you know, years doing the Brewers post game show on our station, Tim Allen says, I'm not going to criticize LaRusa. The man's had too much success. The man has done crazy things before, and it's worked out, and he's won World Series rings. And at the end of the day, the White Sox are loaded, and they very well may end up winning another World Series ring, and all this will go away. But that doesn't mean that he was dead wrong on what he did and what he said, and I'm 110% against it. And, you know, as much as you and I disagree, I'm bringing back that BCS formula for college football. <laughs> I got another idea for you for baseball. There should just be a, almost like a mercy rule in baseball. Like if you're down 10 or more runs after the seventh inning, if the opposing manager says we give and it's on the opposing manager, it's on automatic, the opposing manager goes, I don't want to waste any more pitchers. I don't want to pitch position players. We're done. Walk off the field after seven. Fine with me. I got no problem. The opposing manager goes, no, we're good. Let's play it out. Okay, fine. Play it out. You leave it to the opposing manager of what they want to do. You know, if it's 20 to two after seven, then walk off and be done. Why play it out if you don't have to? Anything is better than putting a position player in a position to hurt their elbow or do something stupid on the mound, hurt that and get that guy hurt, um, or waste everybody's time watching a position player play. You know, you don't pay your hard-earned money to watch a position player pitch at a major league baseball game. Yeah, absolutely. And I could not agree with you more about putting Tony Lewis on blast as a White Sox fan. If you ever want to, like one day I'm going to have to do this where I just like have my dad pre-record or put him on blast with Tony Larusa because he can't stand him. If you ever want to get my dad fired up, just listen to him talk about Tony Larusa uh, Because there's also the weird 3-0 deal where he's then going back and forth with his players saying that yep. guy's got a locker and I've got an office. Like, and then yep. the team is openly trolling him on like Instagram Live and stuff. But you are right. It may end up going away because team is just loaded even with the injuries like I've been hearing for years about how the White Sox have so many guys coming up in the system and we've drafted this guy and stashed that guy and it finally has all come together and you see it because they are absolutely loaded and they may end up winning the whole thing but it will be in spite of Tony LaRusa to the players opinion um, and it'll be interesting to see it play out a hundred percent 
The next one was from back in July. Um, it was titled, It's Always Been Like This. Great guest on a great conversation. If you haven't heard that episode, go go back and check it out with me and Lindsey Gibbs. Um, I went out ahead and put uh, Dabo Sweeney, who's basically a lifetime winner, uh, put him on blast. And she got going on Rachel Nichols, who was definitely in the news back over the summer. I don't know if I've ever had a harder decision trying to pick like which way I'm going to go. I'm going to kick us off um, this time, and I'm going to go with someone who's actually a repeat offender on this show, Cle- Clemson's coach Davo Sweeney. Um, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know there's no love lost between me and Davo um, because he had, well, he said a lot of things, but when he said this in 2019. Um, about then potential name, image, and likeness rules coming down the pipe. He said, quote, I love the collegiate model. Um, I love the model of education. I've always valued that the game has changed tremendously in a positive way. And I think a lot of people aren't informed and don't understand how we've improved the game from a financial standpoint. The value of a scholarship is incredible. The improvement of meals and stipends and paying for parents to travel. There's a lot of positives, but that doesn't mean that there's not room to improve things. You've always got to look for ways to get better, but that's the job of the NCAA. So he said that in 2019, obviously last week, July 1st, um, was the first day that things went into effect with the name, image, and likeness protocols um, or rules where players can make money off the name, image, and likeness. Um, And the Clemson had a couple of players that um, kind of cashed in right away. There was a running back that went on, that was on an interview and actually said that Dabo Sweeney is now um, excited about NIL. But the, that's not the reason, actually, that he's going on blast. That's in part of the reason. The real reason that he's going on blast is because we haven't heard from Dabo on this. Because Dabo so famously now said a couple of years ago um, that if play, play, college players ever got paid, he would quit. He'd leave the sport. So he'd leave his double-digit um, million-dollar-per-year job because his unpaid labor could get paid which is ridiculous. And now we haven't heard from him at all since this. He, in fact, he declined to comment. Like he just said he was not going <laughs> to comment, um, which is something that is very, as someone who, you know, I cover the Huskers. So I'm very like familiar with like the amount of power that college football coaches have. It is absolutely ridiculous that he's able to just say, Hey, I'm not going to comment on this thing. That is one of the biggest topics in sports that I've been a lightning rod about. Um, so for all of those reasons and, frankly many more Davo Sweeney I'm putting you on blast so I love it I mean he has to like what, what's wrong with him it's like I feel like I'm always so this. like it's there's always something with him and I feel like this was a thing where and I say this sometimes about um social media like one of the things that has been interesting um over time about social media is that people that we maybe thought that we liked um, once we got to know them more or got to get all of their thoughts, you realize that person there, yeah. that's not quite the thing I thought that was. That's what Dabo Sweeney's like. That, like if, when Clemson became very popular and very good, if you notice, the better they've gotten, the like less people have thought about him outside of Clemson, of course, and wasn't there, but like the, the less they thought about him. People will inside of Clemson will tell you, oh, it's because they win. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's him. Um, but now I'm back on a Dabo rant. So I apologize. Lindsay, who are you putting on blast? Yeah. Well, so 
so um, in the podcast I do weekly, the Burn It All Down podcast, we have something called a burn pile. And so we just recorded over the weekend. So I got a lot of burn, we call them burns out of my system. So I want to do, you know, from the Shikari Richardson uh, situation to the Trevor Bauer stuff to Chauncey Bill. I mean, just, there's just a lot of burns. Yeah, there was a lot. There's so many right now. Uh, but so I'm going to go because I kind of got those a little bit out of the system on the Burn It All Down podcast. i um, going to go with something that came up uh, in the 24 hours since we recorded that, which is Rachel Nichols um, and her comments over Maria Taylor. So um, the New York Times reported about leaked audio that has been circling around ESPN um, for about a year now where um, Rachel Nichols was talking to a lawyer um, about our contract and about being upset that Marie Taylor uh, contended to host the the show, the pregame show for the finals. Um, and here's what Nicole said. I wish Marie Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like go for it, just find it somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. There are just so many things wrong with that. Um, but I mean, the whole in the whole, there's so much more to that story. But the basic thing is that Rachel was saying that the only reason Ray Taylor was being considered um, for the job is because she's a black woman. And that's just infuriating. I mean, Ray Taylor is, I think, by far one of the most talented people in the industry. I think if you've seen, ever seen her host shows before, especially, I remember a few years ago, she was doing like a draft night. Um, thing and it was just so clear how comfortable all the players with her were like mm-hmm. immediately upon them seeing her I've seen her a lot in covering women's basketball she's great at covering women's basketball and um, just great at anything she does so the reason Maria Taylor is being considered is because she's great at what she does period and um, I think for white women to play the um, you know to be throwing black women under the bus when it comes to um, you know, increasing diversity. It's a tale as old as time and it's just really sickening. And um, I think anyone defending Rachel Nichols um, really needs to think long and hard. I mean, yes. Is it ridiculous that ESPN has, in most sports media, has decided there can only be one woman per show? Yes, like that, yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. That's a part of the, you know, that's, that's a problem. And we can talk about that problem later. Um, and I'm sure like that makes things feel more competitive, right? I mean, you can right. have like six men on the show and, you know, <laughs> but they can right. just be the one woman. So that's a problem. But Rachel Nichols very clearly made this about race. It was Rachel Nichols who made this about um, race and about Maria Taylor being a black woman. And there's just no room for that. And so I think, you know, um, I've never been a huge Rachel Nichols fan, to be honest. Um, I, I, ha- I think the jump has done some great things, but um, to me, it's very clear that, you know, I mean, she hangs out with the barstool guys sometimes and she is a, anytime they've given her WNBA stuff, the WNBA for some reason gives her like WNBA all-star uh, nods to announce in the middle of the jump or the schedule release. Like they give that to the jump and she puts zero effort into it. Like there's just zero effort, zero care put into any of that. And um, you know, the WNBA is never really a part of 
of the jump at all, which is fine. That's her prerogative, but it's also my prerogative to think that's not great. And so, you know, to think that the fact that it's never, ever, uh, you know, is a problem. So I just, um, I'm not surprised by this all, but I'm sad for Maria Taylor and um, yeah, Rachel Nichols, you're on blast. A well-deserved blast. And a, yeah. <laughs> and a thing that, as this was unfolding yesterday, and I, I saw it early, like it was, early, it was in the morning when I saw like the, the, um, the audio and watched that and kind of read some of the quotes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing all day. Like we're gonna like people are going to be talking about this all day. Sometimes you just see those topics, yeah. um, mm -hmm. and you know it's coming. And that was one of them. And, and in part because there are just so many layers to that um, to that story, and you hit on a lot of them very well. One of the ones that I will bring up here is the feeling that I know a lot of my black colleagues in the business felt when seeing that that stuff come out of just, oh, here we go again with, it can't be that we're exceptional or not even exceptional. I, I won't even go that far, that we're good at something. Like it has to be, we got hired because of some diversity quota. Yeah. Um, when it's never, my problem, part of my problem with that line of thinking is that it never extends the other way. Like no one ever really stops and says, well, hey, those five white dudes that are on a show, like they just <laughs> got that because of a diversity or because, you know, people are comfortable um, hiring white guys. Like no one would ever say that. But it is so quick and so like right there on the tips of some people's tongues to say that about minorities in sports. Um, and, then, and, it, and then to take it even further, to extend that to black women in particular, like, I think it was Taylor Rooks, I thought, I think saw that said this, that when she sees another Black woman um, in the industry, she knows that she's exceptional um, because of all of the things that are put in front of them to be able right. to spot. So, yeah, there's just, there are just so many layers there. Um, but that's even, like, to not even get to the kind of, is positioning the right word for this? Like, the way that Rachel has kind of positioned herself as, like, she has kind of, I guess, publicly been an ally, but then also, I guess, doing this behind the scenes, but then when she wants, like you said, wants to hang out with the barstool guys, but then also wants to go on the all, all the smoke pod. Like, it's very, it's, it's just a lot. Like, there are so many things that are happening within that. I don't know what in the world they're going to have to do about the situation, because that's a whole nother section of it is the person that leaked the video or audio um, is the only person that has gotten in trouble so far. Right. Um, right. A black female producer is the only person who's gotten in any, in any trouble. Like absolutely ridiculous. Right. Which then speaks to a different issue of like, Hey, when we see things in the workplace, like not actually speaking up, um, and saying something, um, there's a whole nother like kind of side plot here of that producer. If I remember this correctly, went and warned Maria about the situation and like, let her know about that. And since this came out like a year ago, um, it, they've been working, well, I don't, like, they work together, they work at the same place, um, and Maria has just kind of yeah. had to deal with this um, for the last year, while all, oh, by the way, 
Now it's time for her contract to come up. and She's having to negotiate a new contract, um, which Jalen Rose said basically they need to pay her her money um, on air, which is always fun. Like, you, you know how comfortable you have to be um, with your I job security to go on TV and say that. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely going to be a story that continues to be watched and evolving um, over the next little bit of time here because that, <laughs> there's a lot to that story and with a couple of very high profile people. Um, and also I should point out uh, that Maria Taylor, I've met her two years ago um, when, <laughs> when for some reason College Game Day came here. I shouldn't say for some reason the Husker fans are going to get me. Um, but they came here for College Game Day uh, for the Huskers versus Ohio State. And so when Game Day came, she was here, obviously. And I got to meet her, meet her and she could not have been nicer. Um, so she's just a good person as well. So I, I feel bad for her in the situation. Oh, awful. It, it's going to be something that is definitely continuing and evolving. Um, well, now what's going to do is, go ahead. ESPN leaked just last week. There was a New York Post report that Maria Taylor wanted too much money, right? Like the, yeah, that I think was it was that she wanted like Stephen too, Smith yeah. money. And it's like, okay, like you knew that this was coming, right? Like, you yeah. know, uh, ESPN, you're trying to paint her as being greedy. And, uh, you know, that's just so, you know, I think she'll be a star wherever she goes. I think it's clear that ESPN has been hemorrhaging a lot of their, uh, especially their black female talent, but, you know, their black talent overall. Um, I think it's sad to see, um, you know, I mean, Rachel Nichols has had a lot of former players on her show and a lot of them are sticking up for him and saying, well, she helped me negotiate this contract. So she can't be, you know, racist or whatever. And it's like, well, she didn't see you as a threat. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, it's just, right. you know, you like, coming, you, like you, were, you were coming on her show <laughs> and you weren't, you know, you know, it's very clear. So it's like, that needs to be better, you know, like better, like people got to look at the whole picture here. And I just, I always say like, you can tell who's, who's lifting as they climb and who's not right. Who's lifting right. as they climb and who's, who's chopping off that ladder behind them. Right. right. Um, Cause they're out of fear. They're going to be caught. And part of lifting as you climb is knowing that the people you lift might surpass you. Right. Like right. that's how this works, you know? And so you have to do that. So I don't know. I mean, the whole thing and um, was just sad. Yeah. And it, the, the thing too, about the contract situation and them strategically leaking um, that she wanted, quote, too much money. Uh, she does a lot of stuff. Like, one of the things that you gotta, like, so if you much. think about it, like, and, and it's funny that you mentioned Stephen A, because they know that he's, like, he could be polarizing, but the one thing that I'll at least give him credit for is that, and it's maybe because he makes so much money that they put him on everything, even things that he yeah. should not be on, right? And maybe that's what it is. But at the same time, he works like he does a lot of stuff she does uh, she's on a lot of different things um and and there's something to be said both about the level of work that she puts in but also and probably more importantly the amount of versatility that she has to be able to do all of those things well like you have to reward that like that needs to be rewarded otherwise that next person that comes along that wants to be as versatile as her may say that i just need to focus on one thing because there's no pot at the end of the rainbow for me anyway because it didn't happen for her yeah it's um it's just infuriating and yeah I mean being a like having to pay attention to multiple things and know what's going on multiple things it's like I hate like it's a lot <laughs> like in sports it's fun but you know it's a lot like you know you need to be an expert on everything and especially if you're a black woman because people will 
you know, I know as a white woman how how uh, excited people are to point out any mistakes I make on the air, <laughs> yeah. right? And to prove that I don't belong there. You can only assume it's exponentially worse for black women, right? With people just looking to discredit you at every single turn. So you're right. It's You don't, you know, to act like there's just this, that we're just like picking black women off the street and giving them high profile jobs and media. Like that's not, right. like, like what world are you living in? Like, right. like what world are you living in? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that's just, that's like false. Like, it's it's just incredibly, like, incredibly, like, incredibly false. Wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's just um, that, yeah. And it's funny because you all, you hear that like, oh, they're just making these diversity hires. I'm like, well, where are they? Because yeah, yeah. especially if God, I don't know, different rant. Um, if you if you take out former athletes, and I know Taylor is a oh, former God. athlete, um, but especially like former male athletes, because there's just not as many like former female athletes that are doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you took out fil- former male athletes out of sports media coverage, like it would drastically change the thing. And I'm not even saying they should be taken out. I'm just saying like that. If if you want to talk about the way to just be plucked into jobs. Like that's the way that people are actually just being plucked off the street um, to do these jobs. You said it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, yeah. I think I will say that in the article, the thing, you know, that I think showed Marie Taylor's character the most was her. Um, there was talking about women's basketball game in the NCAA and how she pointed out, she said, you have no black women on this broadcast. And like, that's unacceptable. And she fought for LaChina Robinson to be on this high profile broadcast because it was all white people. And once again, that's like shows that she knows that she's, even though she's in a vulnerable position, she's accused some power within the organization and she's willing to use it to help others. The final one we have is from an episode way back on May 11th uh, titled Thank God for a Quality Filter, where I was joined by Tampa Bay Buccaneers staff writer Carmen Vitale. Um, She put social media on blast, and I kind of picked a horse. Today, I am going to go with Bob Baffert. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Bob Baffert, he is a horse trainer, very famous horse trainer. Um, if you saw the Kentucky Derby, um, you've seen him before because he's a seven-time winner. I think they've won seven times between like 97 and just this past year because his horse, Medina Spirit, um, won just a few weeks ago. The problem is, is that Medina Spirit tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Now, we're talking about a horse. Remember that. Now, Baffert said after they got caught, I guess allegedly, I still have to say juicing. Um, he said this, and I quote, we did not give it to him. The vet, no one has ever treated him with it. This is a gut punch for something I didn't do. It's disturbing. I don't know what's going on in horse racing right now, but something's not right. I don't feel, em- I don't feel embarrassed. I feel like I was wrong. We're going to do our own investigation. Now, I will remind you for the second time that we were talking about a horse that didn't horse. just randomly, you know. Right, how does a, his, well, a horse just gets into PEDs? Right. And so, but again, this is also not the first time that he's been caught doing this. Like, he's been, this trainer has been caught multiple times doing this. Um, the excuses were accepted because they said one of the times they blamed it on the jockey saying that he had taken something and it, like, rubbed off on the horse and all sorts of ridiculousness that has been kind of believed in the past. People are not rolling with him 
10 this time. Now we are technically waiting on the split sample results to kind of double verify what happens. Um, and right now Baffert is suspended. If those results come back, as positive again, then it will be a disqualification for the Kentucky, to Kentucky Derby winner, which will only actually be the second time in the history of the race that a horse has had to be disqualified for using performance enhancing drugs. So for all of that ridiculousness that Bob Baffert has put us through, he is going on blast because he absolutely deserves it. And I can't believe that someone would try and get away with that, like as if the horse just magically wandered to the PED lab and got on <laughs> right. right and got into it and because horses have opposable thumbs i don't know if you know so yeah like i don't know they you know, can just syringe break can definitely they can yeah. do their own syringes for yeah, sure they can rub their own balm on themselves like i guess that, that that can happen too um so all right so carmen who are you putting on blast um i'm gonna bring it back home at least to me <laughs> um and into tampa because uh i'm on social media a lot Yep. And the overwhelming sentiment to whatever I post, whatever the Bucks post, uh, has been win a real ring. And I don't really know how much realer it gets when you were <laughs> when this entire season was so much harder than any other season just because of COVID stuff and the lockdowns and the lack of resources and the, like the amount of things that you had to do without that you normally have in a regular season. Not to mention, like I had stated earlier. Uh, going through the playoffs, you had to go through division winners every step of the way. You had to go through Drew Brees. You had to go through Aaron Rodgers to get there. And then you had to go through Patrick Mahomes to win it. So uh, I, I'm going to call BS on all of those people that are in my mentions, in the Bucks mentions, saying win a real ring. I don't know how it gets realer. That's wild that someone would say that, that then now, and that multiple people enough that would need to be put on blast. We have to put Twitter clowns on social media on blast. Um, but I would also have, a, like, I understand that it happens because um, she's been on the show before, Aaron Sorensen, uh, the deputy editor at Hale Varsity, who also has a podcast and mind her own podcast. She also handles our social media. And so she often talks about this, about the crazy things that people say and that social, oh, social media, and people need to understand that there are actual people that read those accounts and then are dealing with that stuff. Like, and I just don't, and I, we just can't say it enough. So every time I have an opportunity to say it, I will say it because I don't think enough fans to understand that that is not just going into the ether even though that this one what you're talking about is not necessarily like hurtful per se it's stupid no. but it's not necessarily hurtful it's it stupid worse, but that's it's why i'm putting it on blast because it's stupid and, yeah just, yeah just, no we could have an entire longer conversation about the other stuff that happens on social media but thank all i have to say is thank god for a quality filter that's all i have to say thank yeah god. that has that actually saves me and i don't get like even like as a not a team account um and i don't feel like i have that many followers, I think I'm at like 9,000 or something like that. So it's not that many, um, right. but that quality filter saves me because every once in a while, someone will get tagged in on something that someone right. says That's crazy. The only and time they I bring see it. it to, yeah, and then they get bring it to my attention. And I was like, dude, I totally didn't see that. So who knows how much stuff that quality filter is saving me. I know, that's what um, I say. Jesus be a quality filter, that's all yeah. I <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As always, thank you very much for listening throughout the year. Hope everybody is having a happy holidays and a very, very good new year. 
Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Rate us, review us, leave us a five-star review. If you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, the Varsity Club, the Nebraska Post Preps Game Show, the Hill Varsity Radio Show as well. Also check out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. You can always find me on there. I'm doing the recruiting question video of the week. We've got a recruiting channel, a sub-channel even on there. And I will catch you guys in the new year with a brand new episode. A Huda Media Production.